Hello everyone, we are rolling for another episode of the JJF1 podcast where Jonah and Jordan talk about all things related to F1. What a beautiful first two races it has been, especially for the two of us. (laughs) We're here to talk about the Bahrain Grand Prix, where Max Verstappen won from Sergio Perez and Fernando Alonso. And we're here to talk about the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix, where Sergio Perez won from Max Verstappen and Fernando Alonso. Jordan, I think the hope the hope that we had has been restored and it has actually come through and this uh, this optimism that we have had for so long has finally come to fruition aston martin is a good team (laughs) oh my god it reminds me of the Racing Point days in the last season of Racing Point where they actually had a, a good car. Hey, they were the third best car. Just They saying. were the third best car. And this year, they might just be the second. Um, and it reminds me of those days where like, you had optimism they could fight at the front. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a good optimism to have because you know they're not, you know, for sure... Uh, it's guaranteed they're going to win, but they're like fighting. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, look, I think we're, we're going to go into this a little bit throughout the, throughout the next few minutes. I mean, we we're going to talk, we're going to talk about the last few races in a, a little bit of a different format, but I mean, we could, we could both say that Red Bull are basically miles away from the competition, but you never know what could happen. I mean, it, it clearly shows that, when things go right, they're the second best car. Yeah, I think. Oh that, my god! <laughs> I think that uh, we're gonna get to Red Bull in a second, but we're gonna we're gonna get to Red Bull in a second, and we're gonna you know discuss whether they might be the best car in Formula One history, as per a Mister Lewis Hamilton. So, Ooh, Lew- Hamilton said that. Yeah. Does he but, know what cars he drove? Yeah, the W was he drove some pretty crazy cars. The 2020 rendition with um the 2020 rendition of the Mercedes that had uh what was that system called? Now I'm forgetting. The it DAS was a, the DAS system. That system was it was so good that they banned yeah. it. Yeah, they had to ban it. So that's how it good was it was. So good that they banned it. Um, so, so we're going to talk about these these races in a new format. Um, new as in, I guess, with a twist. We're going to go from reverse constructors' orders and talk about each team individually and how they performed over the last uh, over the last two races. So, yeah, I have in front of me, or at least you could see my. My you you could see a little bit of my phone. You could see the uh, results for the teams, and we're going to start from oh my god, P ten, McLaren. What an absolute mess! 
I I think there should be an episode of just let's talk about McLaren because we should. Oh, I would definitely rant about should McLaren. Should probably just be an episode because McLaren, you know, you go from being the third best car on the grid in 2020. You go from fighting for P4 last year with Alpine. You pay Daniel Ricardo $15 million to not drive your car. And they've had the worst start to the season that I think I have. I, I think Williams 2020 before COVID was worse. That was but disastrous. Think, but I think that this is like just like that. Like it, it's like it's very comparable. Well, to how okay. the start of the season is. Williams didn't like the Rocket Williams sponsorship team, everything didn't even make it to the beginning of the season. So I, disastrous to that level maybe not but it's definitely pretty horrible um the first thing that i could say to that is otmar safnauer is currently looking at oscar piastri and saying to whom it may concern f you (laughs) literally oh why i like Alpine is just laughing in Oscar Piastri's face. You know he's younger than us, right? Oscar Piastri, born in I know it's crazy to even think about. Born in 2001. What are we doing with our lives? What are we doing with our lives? We're talking about people who are younger than us. <laughs> Literally. Um, but yeah, and here's the thing. As much as we rip Piastri, I mean he had he had a mechanical DNF in Bahrain and definitely didn't do well in Saudi Arabia. But McLaren have a horrible car with horrible reliability. Was it Lando that had to pit five or six times in, in, Bahrain. in Bahrain? What the hell was that? Why did they just keep him out? You know, I I think their first goal was to finish a race. And the fact that they finally finished a race was very, you know, impressive for their standards uh, this season. Because he pitted five times. There was an issue with the steering wheel in Piastri's car in Bahrain. And, you know, the issues, you know, it's, it's actually interesting because... There was an analyst on Sky Sports F1. I don't remember exactly who said this, but one of the technical analysts was saying that when you have these issues that are issues that you should not be having, issues that are, you know, kind of like their wheel brow where you have to spend time fixing that, you then spend less time on the track discovering issues with your pace, with the reliability of your car. It Mm -hmm. is a domino effect whether you like it or not. So because they had these minute issues in testing, it's kind of like the Bahrain weekend was their version of testing where they were really testing the long run pace of their car. Mm-hmm. And they discovered issues they would have discovered back in testing the week before. Yeah. So it really was that Saudi Arabia was kind of like their first real showing. And it didn't of how go awful through. they were. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but honestly, I-, I have no pity for Oscar Piastri. Look, everyone's asking, you know, everybody in the F1 media is asking themselves the question. It's only two races in, Jonah, but do you think that Piastri regrets choosing McLaren over Alpine? 
I don't think that Oscar Piastri cares about how he performs this season in terms of that in terms of that decision. I think that Oscar Piastri left Alpine on I wouldn't say a moral basis, but on a personal basis where he was like, I don't care how good their car is. I want to get the hell out of here. And he did. And yeah, sure, he's probably looking at what might have been, but at the same time, he did what he had to do to get out of Alpine. And I'm assuming in like five, six races from now, we're going to see some Alpine rumors and Alpine drama as we normally do, you know, six or seven races into the season. Um, and it's just, you know, being hidden right now because they have a semi-decent car. Um, but I don't... I don't think that Oscar I don't think that Oscar Oscar genuinely cares. I think that he put himself first and regardless of the car quality, he had to put himself first and he did. Yeah, I don't think he's at fault for necessarily choosing McLaren. I don't think the issues at McLaren have anything to do with him and they can't fault him for it. However, I would feel like as a competitor, as a racing driver, they're naturally competitors and they naturally compare themselves to others. That's just the nature of what they're the industry that they're in. You have to wonder, you know, would I be learning more at a team that has more of their stuff together right now? So for that reason, I do believe that Oscar may, you know, feel some sort of way about Alpine. I don't think he actually does, but I do think that that's... Uh, the idea that could be flowing through his head yeah. when he looks at the timesheets. But here's but here's the counter to that. You said Oscar might think, what if I could learn with a team that has its stuff together? Does Alpine really have its stuff together? Well, we'll talk about that when we get to We're Alpine. gonna find out in like four or five races. I'm waiting for something to blow up, as it always does with Alpine. <laughs> Well, we'll talk about that when we get to Alpine. We'll talk about Alpine's performance. Yeah. But let's move on to let's Alpha move on. Tauri. E9 is Alpha Tauri. And how many times have I said Yuki Tsunoda doesn't deserve to be an F1? A, a lot of times. Let's say uh let's say like 20 times. Yeah, I've I've definitely said it a few times. And uh Nick DeVries. I don't know if he's trying his best to get used to the F1 car or if we all truly overhyped him. Look, it's only two races in. Um, yeah, I'm just going off with all the hot takes. Yeah, oh, it's Jonah, it's only two races in. You are talking about F Formula E, a Formula 2 winner. Uh, so but he only... didn't win F3 like Oscar Piastri did. No, he did not. But you're we were talking about you know multiple race ch- series championship winner, so let's not cut it cut him short yet. I will note two things. First of all, the AlphaTauri car I don't think is as bad as people are making it out to be. No, it's to be fair, all end all. I th- it, I th- they were just on the cusp of points so it it wasn't as bad as as everyone sought it out to be yeah kevin magnuson got i think the last points in saudi arabia and and there was a battle at the end between him and sonoda for it so exactly it has the potential to nip some points just like williams does and just like has to so i would put them in like that sort of you know that kind of 
tier right now. I don't think they're they're that terrible. Well, to be fair, Williams has a point, and AlphaTauri has none. Yes, but they were P11. I think they were like just a second or two off of P11, if I remember correctly. Yes, and how many times last year did Lance finish P11 and got no points for it? So <laughs> okay, it's it's two races into the season. Look, so that's I'm number just one coming of here taking names. <laughs> the second thing I'll say about AlphaTauri, and we can we can discuss this, is that I think we're starting to see. You know, Nick DeVries was under Toto Wolf's uh, a mentorship umbrella for quite some time as the reserve driver Mercedes. It's actually so funny now. Whenever they zoom into Toto Wolf during the race, you see Mick Schumacher next to him. When you're so used to seeing Nick DeVries, I honestly I love it. Yeah, it's just it, it's lo- just, it looks like funny. a father and son duo. It's it's very funny. So, um, I, what I was saying was Nick DeVries is very used to the Mercedes engine, also because the only teams he's ever driven slash test driven for have been Mercedes powered teams. In in Williams was a Mercedes power engine. Yeah, Aston in the Martin. Aston Martin, there's a Mercedes powered. Uh, there's a Mercedes, it's a Mercedes powered car. And Mercedes, the works team, is a Mercedes powered car. Um, no way. Yeah. So <laughs> I feel like we kind of have to, uh, kind of similar to Daniel Ricardo switching teams all the time and having tough beginning of seasons, we kind of have to cut Nick DeVries some slack because he's going to a Red Bull Power Trains team. This isn't like he's going to a Renault Power or Ferrari Power. This is a re- this is a team that just started Red producing engines last year. It's it's all soon going to be Red Bull Ford on top of that in 2026. Right. So I vibe I with that. Like back to like Honda Racing sponsorships too this year. Yeah, I, I don't that get this. Very weird. Does Honda want to be in F1, or do they? I don't know because be last year F1. Honda was nowhere to be seen, but now the HRC logo, Honda Racing Club, or whatever it is. They sponsored the Japanese Grand Prix. Yeah, they sponsored the Japanese Grand Prix. They sponsored Red Bull. Honda HRC is on the Red Bull car. I don't know what it is. They even have, sometimes they even refer to the Red Bull engine as the Honda engine still. I don't get it, to be honest. I don't get it either. Okay, so I'm glad we're on the same page. Yeah, we're both we're both equally confused. So Does anyways. Honda, is Honda in F1? Do they want to stay in F1? <laughs> yeah, please clarify this for the JJF1 community. Yeah, Honda, um, if you're listening, send us a DM. Yes, please. And uh, I, I do want to say that I think that Nick DeVries is just, you know, adapting to a new car because he's so used to a car. And he kind of has to, like, take the time for his brain to rewire that way. Can I counter... You, you of course this is what the show is I'm going to counter the man was in formula E and he went from F2 to formula E and managed to on top of that switch two in the to two different F1 cars in the span of 2 days and got a point the man knows how to adapt to different cars i understand i understand your concept of it, of yeah it's a mercedes engine but I also think that switching from Formula E to F1 is another thing where you can't even compare the two. Um, to be fair, the racing is fun in Formula E. I watched this weekend. Um, but I think that the switch from Formula E 
to Formula One and still managing to put up a point last year shows that he can, in fact, adapt to a car pretty quickly. So I'm not going to say that I think that he's a bust immediately after two races, but I'm not as optimistic as you are. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it. <laughs> um, a, a driver that I used to be very optimistic about, but unfortunately I'm no longer, is Valtteri Bottas. And Valtteri Bottas... Valtteri right Bottas. For Alfa Romeo. And I think they're, they're not... The list. No, actually, they're six. Who am I missing? Instructors. Who am I missing? You're missing Williams. I am missing Williams. Alex right. Albon got a point. That's the highlight. I am very optimistic about Alex Albon. I'm feeling Alex Albon. And you know what? Logan Sargent isn't doing too badly. Never look, mind. If, if it, <laughs> look, if it wasn't for his uh, little going off in Q3 in Saudi Arabia, which I didn't think was like that terrible. And... You know, he could have he could have performed pretty well in qualifying. He was very close to getting into Q3. To Q2, but yeah. Yeah, yes. You got the idea. Yes, um, to Q2. And yeah, but he he went off like little uh, two, two millimeters. Yeah, in a scenario where DeVries and Sonoda finished 16th and 17th for the record. I don't know. I'm I'm feeling I'm I'm more optimistic right now than I'm saying right now because it'll probably change about Logan Sargent than I am about Nick DeVries. See, I, I have to counter that. I, I, I feel more optimistic about Nick DeVries. Okay. I'm hoping that he'll adapt very quickly to a Red Bull team. Just wait until Miami when Logan Sargent is 20 minutes from his home and uh, he, he'll pull a point out of nowhere. Watch me. Oh, uh, yeah. Hopefully, Lauderdale. <laughs> yeah, hopefully Lance Stroll does the same when he is twenty minutes from his uh, Westmount home in uh, in Montreal. Listen, if I we don't expect Lance to get points in Montreal, we expect him to get a podium in Montreal. We him to win in Montreal. <laughs> we expect him to win in Montreal. That's true. He he performs like crazy when he's in Montreal. He scored his first points in Montreal. Um, he did not score his first podium, but like. He always does significantly better when he's in Montreal. Yes, but speaking of uh, first podium, Baku is coming up, and that's your favorite race. So, no, not, well, Melbourne is next. Next, yeah, but after Melbourne. After Melbourne is Baku. It's and... it's fourth on the calendar this year. Yeah, what is the, this calendar orientation has been pretty weird to be honest with you. Yeah, it's also there's like a summer break in between Melbourne and Baku for some reason. Really? It's like it's like a month long. It's yeah, it's April. So the race in Australia is April 2nd. That's this Sunday. And then the next after that is April 30th. So it's a three yeah. week break. Yeah. It's like a mini summer break. I feel like they're trying to give the teams the benefit of the doubt. They knew that Red Bull was going to be super fast, and they're like, figure it out. Wind tunnel time. <laughs> yeah, wind weeks. tunnel time, Aston Martin. Yeah, <laughs> get in the wind tunnel. Um, um, but but yeah. anyways, Albon performed really well. I'm Albon. I, I have to say this, okay? 
I used to love Valtteri Bottas, but I really like Alex Albon. You've been you've been uh, over you've been all over the place on Alex Albon. To be honest with you, he is a good dude, has a good heart, volunteers at the orphanage. Yes, all right, that's true. Has a girlfriend who plays professional golf. Two athletes, two driven people. Mm-hmm. He's just a good dude. He's just a good guy. Yeah, and he, and he drives and he drives well too. And he drives well too, and he's a, a historic team. Uh, who now James Vowles is in charge of. So I, I'm I, vibing I, with I'm vibing with James Vowles' team principal, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, he's he's been doing some good work. So yeah, let's uh, let's applaud Alex Albon, and we'll uh, we'll move on to the next team. And right? we remain hopeful for Logan Sargent, or at least I remain hopeful. You for remain Logan hopeful. Sargent. I I think he's gonna be another Robert Kubica. Oof, that's rough. Yeah. They'll get points here and there, but in two seasons' time, we're not going to look at them as if they're that high of a Nicholas Latifi lasted three. Uh, I didn't say Nicholas Latifi. I said I Robert Kubica. <laughs> but like, also, gonna... you Robert Kubica drove that car with one hand. Yes, understood. But the reason why I'm saying Robert Kubica is because he has moments where he can perform. That's true. Actually, you know what? A better comparison is Brandon Hartley. That's a bad. Brandon comparison. Hartley was awful, <laughs> but he had like one or two races where he got points. That was so Brent. No, 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 no. Brandon Hartley was so bad. It was so so bad. Remember when he crashed into Lance Stroll in Montreal? Yes, that that crash replays in my mind at least once every week. All right. Well. Uh... <laughs> All right. Let's talk about Haas next. Yes. Nico and Kevin. The suck my balls uh, duo. <laughs> yep, just well, that's as mediocre as I thought they would be. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I call them. They're very, they're a very interesting duo, um, because if you've noticed, the first race Nico Hulkenberg went into Q three, finished behind Magnussen. The yes. second race, I believe Magnussen qualified, uh, also lower, and then. Finished again further than Nico in the pecking order. Yeah. Got points. Yeah, but meanwhile, um, they have one point to their name. With yeah, but, two with three cars out of four possible in Q three. But that's what I'm saying. Statement? If Kevin Magnuson is able to drive that car on race day, Nico Hulkenberg has to at least be keeping that car where he qualifies. So he can't be going back. I and think the car just has I, no pace. And they have, it seems like, no race pace. But at the same time, it's hard to make that argument. And I, this is why I'm uncertain about Haas. I can't really make it. A, a, I can't determine really where they are in the pecking order because of this. Because they've shown such different results from different drivers on different days. That's true. You know, we could say they have no race pace. But Kevin Magnussen managed to get that car from, I believe, P15 or P14, it was, on race, on qualifying, to a points finish. You know, so it's like... Yeah. It's hard to, also, to understand where they are really. Mm-hmm. But also, after Bahrain last year, Kevin Magnussen had ten points to his name. Right, but but you know we also have to remember that two Red Bulls DNF in that race, um, and their that's... development race was not on, and that's where Haas really struggles historically is the development race. We yeah, but the rich energy days of Haas when you know they had a great car at the beginning of the season. 
They also like qualified fourth and fifth, I believe, a couple times at the beginning of the season in Albert Park. And by the end of the year, like they were doing so poorly that Rich Energy mid-season dropped their sponsorship. Yeah. So true. it the, the issue with Haas has never been the beginning of the season. It's always been the development race. Yeah. So it all it, it, it kind of makes me think that maybe they allocated, especially with that whole situation of now they only have three people on the pit wall saving money there. It makes me... They you know, said it was so that they could be eco-responsible. Yeah, and save 250 grand in the season. Um, yeah. What so, if they put that towards their car? I mean, 250 grand gets you nowhere, but... <laughs> no, but it does help you save a lot of money if you have some repairs to do throughout the year. Yeah. Um, so and yeah, so maybe it make it makes me believe that they're developing their car a little bit more and focusing on mm-hmm. that a bit more. I also think they're gonna have hopefully far less repairs to do than when they had Schumacher and Mazepin. Well, yeah, that was the goal in signing Nico Hulkenberg and having two experienced drivers. Yeah. Because we all remember- to save money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We all remember those uh, the 2021 race in Imola when Mick Schumacher would just be driving along the straight and and then hit the side of his car. Yeah. Oh, I love F1. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Do we that's... have, honestly, Haas is, is just as mediocre as I thought they were going to be, to be honest. Same. I agree. I, I really thought they were, didn't, I didn't think they were going to be anything crazy. I didn't think they were going to be anything great. Yeah. I think they were just going to be unnoticeable. And another team, which I think was extremely unnoticeable, is sixth place, sorry, sixth place, Alfa Romeo. Yeah, have they even gotten points? I haven't even seen them at all. They have four points. Interesting. I, I, I they, they really are unnoticeable. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I've seen, from what I've seen, Joe's been doing pretty well this season. Yeah, um, I was going to say. In the situations I- that he's been put in, however... It's like, okay, if he's fighting for 14th or 15th place, but the battle is fun. I mean, it's not, it doesn't make that much of a difference. <laughs> Look, I think it comes down to this. Bottas has had the worst start to the season that he's ever had. He wasn't a Williams. I think that this is worse. Okay. <laughs> this is worse because he was also, we have to keep in mind, he got podiums in that Williams. At the time... Oh, yeah, that's true. The car was actually good then. Yeah, at the but time... they were, really... like, just getting off of the... Like, Felipe Massa was Massa there. Days. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the Stroll days. Yeah, well, no, it wasn't... The, the Stroll days, like, Williams was, like, middle of the pack. And, and then, then they got a podium in Baku. <laughs> yeah, when it was the tandem of Stroll and Soro- Sorokin. Sor- Sorokin. So Rockin was his name. Yeah. When it was that duo, that's when it, it was, started. To we're hemorrhaging money. <laughs> yeah, that was the beginning of the end. Yeah, that's true. Very true. So we have to remember both has to have a good car. But I think this is the worst start of the season that he's ever had. Yeah. He, he had a good car in the Williams. Could good... Joe be doing better, though? I think... I don't know. I... This team is just so unnoticeable. That's the thing. I don't have a real opinion on them. 
this is the issue with teams that are quote unquote the sister teams because we can't expect them to be at the same pace as Ferrari because then what is the yeah. point of the team? But at the same time, how do you measure their success? Mm -hmm. So it's just interesting to, 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 to discuss. I, I don't know. What, what do you think of their potential this year? Do you think that in two races from now, they're going to pull a P5 out of nowhere kind of thing? Or are they going to get zero points between now and Baku? I, I think that, you know... Is Valtteri Bottas going to remain Valtteri Bottas? I, I, look, I, th I this is where it pains me to say, but, I'll, you know, you've been saying a lot of hot takes. I'll, I'll say one right now, and it really pains me to say this. I, I don't think Valtteri Bottas is going to get a contract renewal after this season. Your, your face, is, your face is, is, is really, like, lighting up. Yeah. Jordan. I, 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 what I know. Happened to being, what happened to being the uh what's it called? The the team leader of the Valtteri Bottas fan club. I it's 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 the, the hope is dwindling and I I don't I'm not that optimistic. Also, you know the, the I, you know the joke of the fastest lap in Bahrain? I know, I, I do I, I do I he I, yes, I do know that. <laughs> what um, happened? But, the way I'll say it is this, in terms of their potential is, I think they're just competing with Williams and Haas right now. And, you know, kind of like how the top teams are competing with Alonso, I think that they're also competing with Sonoda. Um, so I think that the I don't think they're that bad. I think that they're co really competing just with Haas, Sonoda, Albon. And so if they could just get ahead from there... They could be, you know, the top of like the tier. Mm -hmm. I think that they would be fighting more with Alpine than anything, for all you know. No, I, I really think that they're 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 just trying to be the top of that tier. Mm -hmm. And I think that Alpine is in more the middle of the pack, mm -hmm. trying also, to climb towards Mercedes. I've been I've been looking this up. Uh, the four points that they have on to their name so far this season. Is because Bottas finished eighth place in Bahrain. Yeah, so he, you know, he had a really terrible outing in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, and I, I can't believe, I really can't believe that you think Valtteri Bottas is not going to get a contract. No, I don't. I really don't. I, I'm saying it now. I'm gonna make coming it from you, coming from you. This is shocking. Yeah, it's. I was the one who said Bottas is going to partner up with George Russell because Lewis was going to retire. Um, so yes, it is shocking. Look, look how that's turning out. Lewis is going for his eighth world title, and we have all of it on record. We do. We, we do. do. <laughs> one podcast. It's, it's, it's why I can't. You know. You know. I can't refute it. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So let's let's. Uh, what's it called? Let's. Uh, Let's move on because talking about Valtteri Bottas pains me because it doesn't seem like he's going to be doing, you know, good things this season. I think that um, Alfa Romeo is just trying to get ahead of, of like I said, Haas, Tsunoda, and Alex Albon. Like that's, that, I mean, that's for, the, for all you know, the last, the last four, or no, the top 
The bottom five could be interchangeable. Uh, they could be, but that's, I think that there's, you know, now we've kind of talked about the bottom teams, Jonah, we have to kind of establish, at least in my opinion, I think there are two tiers. There's, you know, there's Logan Sargent, uh, there's Nick DeVries, there's the McLaren drivers, and there's Valtteri. That's the bottom tier. I feel bad for Lando. And then the top tier is Tsunoda, Albon, the Haas drivers, and Guan Yu Zhou. And that's, yeah, that's just reality. And I think that if Alfa Romeo could just be ahead of that second tier, Alfa Romeo has completed their position because the next tier is going towards Alpine, and you know, then you're then you're climbing to the Ferrari, Mercedes, and I, yeah. I don't think that they're there. Interesting. Yeah, that's meanwhile, my take. Meanwhile, in P five we have Alpine, and. I think that Formula One right now is going is set up in three categories. You have the teams that that could actually do well. So Red Bull, Aston Martin, Mercedes, and Ferrari. You have the teams that definitely aren't going to do well: Williams, Haas, Alfa Romeo, and AlphaTauri. And then in the middle, there's just Alpine. They're not great. That they're not bad. They're just good. <laughs> in your equation, though, are we just assuming McLaren is in the pits? Yeah. I've, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've said this. McLaren's done. <laughs> We're not even considering them. No, McLaren's not getting points the entire season. Oh, I, I don't know about... Unless they put, like, the need for speed nitro boost in their car, they're not getting <laughs> any points. Um, But, yeah, Alpine is really stuck in the middle. Um. I actually think it's kind of impressive and I'll go as far to say that I think Pierre Gasly has been one of like the top three most impressive drivers this season so far in the first two races. Yeah. Um, You know, he started, I think P19 in Bahrain or P20 was it? However, it was P20, whatever. Scored points. Scored points in Saudi Arabia. I think he's been one of the more impressive drivers, especially yeah. uh, at a new team, you know, starting out. So, and considering the car they have, right? Yeah, it's not like an amazing car, but it's also not an AlphaTauri. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't have a lot to say about Alpine. Like, they're, they're, they're not great. They're not horrible. They're just good. They're good. And it's actually sometimes impressive to see them, you know, in a battle with Mercedes, I yeah. I I, I, I do enjoy it, and I hope to see more of it uh, throughout the season. And uh, look, you know, the team from Enstone has been pretty stable throughout the past, you know, three four years. They haven't necessarily improved. Maybe have they, they really. <laughs> I, I I believe so. Like they have. I mean, no. There's just been a lot of drama surrounding the team. Where yeah, I mean, in terms of like there. performance and car performance, I haven't seen like much improvement in the past mm-hmm. four years. They've always hovered around the fourth and fifth place in the constructors. You know, more of the fifth place than anything. Yeah. Um. So I think that's strategy wise, they did a good move. Laurent Rossi did a really good job bringing in Otmar Zapnauer. Yeah, I think it's a really good move strategy wise. But other than that, I don't have much to say. Yeah, I don't have anything to say either. Let's get to the good uh, stuff. Meanwhile, it's time that we laugh about Ferrari. They're fourth. Yeah, 
No, it's true. They are fourth. Oh, I love Ferrari. Too busy doing Ferrari things. How do they use three control electronics by race two? Isn't it funny? (laughs) Leclerc, how do you take a 10 place grid penalty in race two? Because you need to switch an engine. It's just ridiculous. (laughs) And on top of that, you know, you typically you take these penalties because you want to sacrifice your position in the race. They 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 replace the part which counts towards the penalty that they had in Saudi Arabia, and they still DNF'd in Bahrain. It makes no sense. The engine literally died in Bahrain. Yeah, it makes no they're sense. Like, they were like, "Okay, back to the drawing board. Okay, we gave you this new engine. We'll take the ten place grid penalty." Makes no sense. Um. Look, their car seems to have somewhat pace. It seems to be able to keep up with what you know, the cars that are you know chasing the Red Bulls. Mm-hmm. Um, so it has somewhat pace. It's not Mercedes, but it's not Aston Martin. I think that's like I guess. Yeah. I mean, that is exactly what they are. That's exactly what it is. Um, honestly, the most satisfying moment for me was the amazing pass that Lance Stroll pulled on Carlos Sainz in Saudi Arabia on lap one around the outside of the bank turn. It was beautiful. And that was when Ferrari tanked. (laughs) Yeah. um... And Alonso made Sainz look ridiculous in Bahrain. No, literally. Um... It seems Alonso like, Alonso pulled a fast one on signs. He did, but if if you and they heard on the radio, they they mentioned signs is the one who mentioned this. He said that if he continues going at the most amount of pace possible, he wouldn't finish the race. So judging by you know the changing of the engines, I think that there are reliability issues that are not being seen by the mainstream media, or at least not being recognized so much by the mainstream media. Yeah. He actually said if he goes maximum pace for the entire race, he won't finish. Yeah, if he if he defended if he was defending Alonso to his maximum capacity, he wouldn't finish the race, is what he said. I had so much faith in Fred Vasseur. Yeah, but I think you did too. I I did, but at the same time, you know, we have to ask ourselves, you know, Jonah, why did they bring in Fred Vasseur? What was what was the switch from Bernardo and to Fred Vasseur for? It was because they choked away a championship strictly because of strategy reasons. That's how they choked away their championship. You know, like like at the bell center, it's like plan. It's like the first row is, is, is row double a, and then it goes to double F and then it's like ABC again. They would have been at plan double F already. (laughs) They would have gone through the alphabet and then had to go through it again by using double letters. Oh my so it's you know they, 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 that's that's the thing. It was very shocking and actually you know realized by the commentators on Sky Sports that they were sticking to Plan A in Bahrain. Oh my God! I just this team never fails to disappoint. Yeah, I'm living for it. It's hilarious. And the thing is, they're not even doing that badly. 
No, they're not. I mean, in comparison to 2020, they're not. Okay, yeah. In comparison to 2020, they're not. In 2021, the they were first in the constructors by a long shot at this point. But uh no, sorry, not 21. In 22, you get the idea. They were, were they weren't they like tied with no they weren't they weren't no they, they weren't because there was a double DNF in Bahrain. Um I just love that Ferrari. The only thing that undoes Ferrari is Ferrari itself. And I think that is the funniest thing that we observe with this team all the time. Yeah, and it's it's just, you know, we're not like Tafosi, like real Ferrari fans. I wonder how angry they must be for the past five years of this. I've been living for the memes, Jordan. <laughs> the memes have been hilarious. <laughs> it, it was funny because there were some memes about, because in Drive to Survive, Gunther Steiner and Mattia Bernardo went to a vineyard to pick grapes for some wine. I saw that. And and there were memes saying that they were saying that Mattia Bernardo drank a little too much wine throughout the entire year last year when it came to the, you know, right before the Ferrari strategy meeting. It's like, oh, what's this? You're doing great in a race and you have a nice lead? Call him in. Call him in. Let's make a pit stop. We are now switching to plan G. Yeah. Uh yes, Charles. Um, do you want to DNF now or DNF in twenty laps? Question. <laughs> Question. <laughs> no, but no, but, but this is what we should really be talking about. There was an issue in Saudi Arabia where Hamilton pitted under the safety car, but Charles Leclerc was not informed of it till after Hamilton pitted and was out of the pit lane. And he got really angry at Javi, his race engineer. Yeah, yeah. I we need to talk that. about this. What do you think went down in the cooldown room? There were probably a lot of amazing and constructive criticism that was said in the cooldown room, and absolutely nothing wrong was said. And everyone was super nice about it. And Charles said, listen, you made an honest mistake. It's okay. I forgive you. We'll talk about it in Melbourne. Yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sure. All right. No, it's... I just... I love it. I love it. It's just hilarious to see. Well, I, I like that... I like a funny Ferrari. I feel so bad for Ferrari fans, but... I think, I think that moment where he says, like, Happy, come on, is yeah. encapsulating of... Shao is visibly frustrated. Yeah. Like far more than signs. Yeah. Ferrari's science is happy to be there. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, but you gotta think Shao is I won't I don't think Shao is looking for a way out, but like he's not Shao is definitely like when? When could someone Are you gonna get it together? Yeah, exactly. It's like it's like Signing a one-year deal for the Kansas City Chiefs. Andy Reid is your head coach, but Patrick Mahomes gets injured the last game of the season for three seasons in a row. That's what it's like. Yep. And I thought of that example because of the Kansas City Chiefs jersey that's hanging up in your wall. Yeah. Tyreek Hill. He no longer plays that. Yeah. (laughs) Um started getting into soccer but i'm not 
I'm not going to make a soccer reference because I'm not good enough at it. But uh, <laughs> it's okay. I, Ferrari, Ferrari and, and CF Montreal are having their equal shares of identity crises. So it's fine. Yeah. Um. Anyways. But let's move on to a team that has an identity crisis with their car itself. Mercedes, yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, so... After, after Bahrain, they finished double points and they were like, they basically threw in the towel and they're like, listen, guys, we suck. We're going to yeah, literally we're going to be better than this. We're going to fight. Keep on pushing like we're going to make it and it's going to it's going to suck for a bit, but it's OK because we're going to be so much better. What? I were are Mercedes sandbagging on social media? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I think that, you know, first of all, that move by Fernando Alonso on, on Lewis Hamilton, Hamilton, the switch to in the inside, I nobody ever takes like that, but he does. Loved it. <laughs> I think that made Toto Wolf shit his pants and say, PR, we have to handle it because that move was embarrassing. Yeah. And that's that what they was, That was the F1 equivalent of getting your ankles crossed in basketball. <laughs> no, literally. That was literally. literally. I don't know. Mercedes look like they have. I don't. Might they win a race? Maybe one. Are they going to get podiums if they fight with Alonso? But I don't understand why they keep on throwing in the towel and saying that they suck. Because they don't suck. They're third in the constructors. It's not bad. However, it's... I don't... I don't understand why... Probably because their standard is we're winning the championship or nothing. But... You're not doing bad. (laughs) So, so I completely agree with you. They're not doing, they're not Alpine. They're not like fifth, but they're not the top two teams, which is very rare for them because they've always been at least a top two team. When in 2021, they were fighting with Red Bull. Yeah. You know, before they got into F1, they were, you know, they were up there. Mm-hmm. You know, Schumacher was, you know, fighting with the car. Yeah. And, you know, Kind of similar to Aston Martin, where they bring in a veteran to develop the car, where Aston Martin or Martin brought in Vettel to develop their car. That's what Mercedes, Mercedes did. did an A plus with, and, um... and, and they did great, you know, for eight years. So, mm-hmm. um, I completely agree. They're not terrible, but they're not what the Mercedes standard is. I'm I'm very disappointed. Toto hasn't smashed any tables. Yeah, I mean, maybe he's he's gotten used to this new reality. I think he's zen. He's far more zen than when I when I saw him in in twenty one because twenty one was right. bad. Twenty one was very bad. Yeah, um, that's the thing. And so, there's one thing that I want to bring up with you, Jonah, that I think that you would find very interesting about Mercedes. I was watching the post race show of the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. And or was the pre-race show one of the shows? And it was Martin Brundle that was speaking. And you know they had just gotten off an, a, a 
uh, of, not an interview, but it was a discussion with Nico Rosberg and Martin Brundle. And they were saying that, you know, a big reason why Mercedes is not the team that it used to be is because 40% of engineers and strategists that were at Mercedes during the eight years of glory are no They're longer gone. at the team. And I found that super interesting mm -hmm. because it's teams like Aston Martin who picked from them and picked from Red Bull to improve their team. And it's teams like Williams who picked from yeah. them to get their, te their team out of, out of the graveyard. Um, and 40% of their, their, their workforce in terms of race performance is gone. Yeah. Also, so that's a very big contributing factor in my opinion. Yeah. Also, for about 30 minutes, they had a podium in Saudi Arabia. 30 minutes. No more <laughs> and no less. And it yeah. wasn't even during the ceremony. They even gave George the trophy, and then he gave it back to Alonso. Yeah, he, you see the Instagram he posted? I live I live for that. He posted it. Honestly, episode. F1 social media has yeah. been amazing this season. Yeah, so far. Um. But yeah, I and on top of that, they're tied right now. They're in third. They're in third because they have less. They have worse results technically. But they're um, tied on the constructors. But they're tied on the constructors because Lance DNF. And oh, my heart went out for Lance because he was doing so well. But anyways, um, yeah, I don't know. I I feel like they're just. They're like, you know what? We're not we're not winning a championship this year, so this is a failure. But I don't I don't think that they should be reacting that way because it's even though it's a relatively positive team vibe from what I see, um having that sort of negative mentality of championship or bust is definitely not gonna help you go through a 23 day season. I completely agree. It's gonna implode eventually. Yeah. If you keep that culture up. And then I'll start with Toto. I'll be honest with you. Toto's going to like fire everyone kind of thing. Yeah. Um, uh, can we talk about Aston Martin now? It's actually funny because it's crazy how we're talking about Aston Martin so late into the episode. I am so happy, Jordan. You have no idea. Aston Martin have two podiums in two races. It's more than they have in the entire existence of Aston Martin. I would like to apologize for all the bad things I said about Fernando Alonso. Oh, yeah. Remember three years ago, we ranked him like 18th in our driver rankings. I would like to apologize. He is not the teammate killer. He's doing great. He is Lance's biggest pump-up boy. <laughs> I am so happy. The the amount of memes about there being a side contract about pumping up Lance is hilarious. I don't care because this man could do whatever he wants as long as he keeps on getting podiums. I cannot believe the kind of momentum that I have seen over the last two races for Aston Martin. And like, I have followed this team in... Th three four different iterations since i've started following f1 i don't even i have never felt this optimistic and i don't 
I am I am ready to be disappointed, but at the same time, I'm gonna ride the wave. <laughs> I I am more optimistic. I, uh, I'm, I am I more optimistic this season than in 2020. I don't know, actually, because the issue with this season is that Red Bull is so far ahead. Yeah, and that if Red Bull keeps up their reliability. Are we going to see anybody else win besides somebody named Sergio Perez or Max Verstappen? Yeah, so I was going to save my hot take for when we actually started talking about Red Bull, but I I think that Red Bull are going to win every single race. Yeah, I don't... I mean, we could mix in Aston Martin. Unless, unless both Red Bulls DNF or something happens in qualifying... Basically, in regular circumstances, Red Bull is winning every race this season. Yeah, because the fact that Max went 15th to, to second on a track where overtaking is one of the hardest on the calendar. But the overtaking this year was great. Yeah. But typically, Jetta is not like, you know, in terms of like overtaking, I'd say it's in like the bottom half of overtaking tracks. Yeah. Um, it's not really long. It's not. It's not. not, You know, CGV either. Yeah. Did you know that it's the second longest track on the calendar? The longest is longest is Spa. Yeah, makes sense. I didn't know that was the second longest track actually. Because Jetta's Jetta's a fast lap, but I think that Baku is up there for longest track. Yeah, Baku's up there too. Marina Bay probably. No, Marina Bay is not that bad. It's just that it's a slow track. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe you're right. But Jetta is long and it's fast. Let's be real. Jetta is two glorified straights. Yeah, and yeah, I guess. <laughs> I look. I really like the Corniche. I'm a very big fan of Jetta Corniche. I hope that they're not switching tracks anytime soon. I've consistently said that it was too dangerous, and I, I still think it's stand really- by that. From a driver's perspective, there's an argument to be made about the danger. But from a fan perspective, I think it's a great track and it makes for good races. And more more so, it makes for all great spectacle of, of motorsport. The lights, the, the you know, yeah. the, 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 the Red Sea. And it brings the spectacle of Fernando Alonso in green. Two podiums. In two races. This is what it comes down to. It comes I have, down to the fact that Aston Martin built a fantastic car. I know. Can you believe it? And it looks like it was actually their own car. I know. It does. It's a bit of Red Bull, a bit of Ferrari, a bit of Mercedes back end. It's interesting. Yeah, uh, but it's... It's actually their own car. There's no pink Mercedes rumors and points deductions and Euro fines. At least from what we know. So what we know so far. Well, what we know so far, but still, I I can't believe it. I am I'm gonna stop fangirling about Fernando Alonso because hopefully I get to continue fangirling about him throughout this entire season. Um but Lance has not been doing badly either. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I, I'm what Lance already has. What he finished P five or P six in uh, six in Bahrain. In Bahrain, and he DNF'd in 
uh, in Saudi. It was on pay for P5. But he did, yeah, exactly. But Lance did so, like, Lance is doing so well, too. I mean, to be fair, did I, I expected him to be better than Fernando out of the gate because um, he's been at that team forever. But clearly it shows that Fernando still has, still has some more to give. Um, and it's impressive. It's impressive to watch. Uh, but Lance has definitely not done badly either. I think he has a whole other F one career in front of him. No, not a ten year long career, but a four year career. Yeah. yeah, probably. I would say two, three more years. Yeah, it's Jordan. very possible. Lance Stroll has more points than Charles Leclerc. It's very possible that Alonso wins a world championship in the next four years. You're kidding. That is a <laughs> bold take. It's 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 still it's possible. I didn't say it's gonna happen. I said it's possible. Just but, like how it's possible that we see Stroll on pole again if we have another wet qualifying. Wait for it. Oh my god, imagine Montreal. You know, that was raining last year. It was raining last year during quality. Uh and I could tell you because I was soaked the entire day in the rain. Right. Um, but Lance Stroll has more points than Charles Leclerc is all that I could say right now. And Fernando Alonso has two podiums in two races. Let's move on to Red Bull. Yes. Are they two ahead? Are they the best car we've ever seen in Formula One? They're too good. It is unreal how good they are it's unfair max went from 15th to second i i honestly bet that in a couple of you know races time we're gonna see the fia step in because there have been so many complaints and somebody's gonna find something illegal about that car i don't think so no, you don't think okay. that Okay, part- regardless of if they find something illegal or not, what are they going to do? Make them switch the part? Okay, fine. There's instead of 20 seconds ahead, they're going to be 15 seconds ahead. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it's going to make that much of a difference. In normal yeah. circumstances, they could easily win every single race this season. I agree. I think that George Russell's take of them being 23 and 0 is is very 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 plausible. Yeah. Also, shout out to Sergio Perez, who finally who got the redemption win from last year. Yes. In Saudi Arabia. Um, especially with the horrible timing of the safety car. Safety car, yeah. Um, last year in Saudi Arabia, which knocked him down to fourth. Um, but that was an exceptional drive. I have heard rumors of Red Bull rivalry between the two drivers. Rumors? It's it's. Do you not see Sergio Perez's look on his face when yeah. he found out that Max sniped the fastest lap from him? Yeah, he was so cheesed. <laughs> and the worst part was, is that the team wanted Sergio to get the fastest lap. But then Max was like, "I don't come to them; they come to me." <laughs> No, honestly, he said, What's the, who's the fastest lap? The radio responded, whoever's Max's race engineer is, I forget his name right now. JP his, or GP. Sorry? Sure. He said, we're not concerned about that right now. 
And then Max was like, watch me. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. If they're really good. It's unfair how good they are. I way, I am living for Sergio Perez, though. In a way, it kind of... Because of Red Bull's domination, it sometimes feels like the new regulations didn't do much. But I that's a topic for a whole other podcast. I doubt that so much. You got to give them props. They did build by far the fastest car. Yeah. You have come on. You got to reward their innovation. Regardless of what it makes for the racing content, they managed to build the fastest car by far and credit to their engineers and Adrian Newey and that entire gang because everyone clearly missed the mark. Look, Adrian Newey is an F1 technical genius. He built the the Williams championship cars. Mm -hmm. And That's now, how long he's been around, eh? He's yeah. been around for like 40 years or something like I, that. I believe he had something to do with Lewis Hamilton's championship winning McLaren, if I'm not mistaken. Possible. Um, but I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that, JJF1 community. Um, <laughs> Next but, thing we know, uh, if we're going to look it up and he designed the brawn. <laughs> yeah, no, literally. Um, but yeah, so I think that Adrian Newey's is a genius. Yeah. But we we have to ask ourselves the question of how, what have the regulations done so far? But I think that that is a whole topic for a whole other podcast. So, yeah. So, Newey was at Williams from 1991 to 1996. Right. I, I knew that. Uh, including two world champions. Uh, I knew Nigel that. Mansell in 92 and Hill in 96. Right. Then he went to McLaren from, right, okay. 19, from 1997 until 2005 when Mika Hakkinen won his two titles. Okay, yeah, it was a Hakkinen championship. It wasn't a, it wasn't a Hamilton championship. Yeah. And then he's been at Red Bull since 2006. Right, so the Seb Vettel four championships. So, yeah, plus the Max Verstappen two were at six, plus two for Hakkinen and... Uh, Hill and Mansell. He's had 10 championships under his belt. He has more championships than Schumacher and Hamilton. Yeah. Who's the real goat of F1? Christian Horner. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, what an interesting scenario we have today. Yeah. In the current landscape of F1. And we're recording on Monday. On Sunday, in six days from recording, we will be in Melbourne. And I'm pretty sure the race is at one o'clock in the morning or something like that. <laughs> is it? Oh, it's, it's 12.30 in the morning. So let's let's make some predictions, Jonah. What is your one bold prediction and who do you think is winning Max is going to win, and my bold prediction is Oscar Piastri will get his first points in Formula One. Also, correction, the race is at 1 o'clock in the morning. Yes, I know. Are my you going to be awake? Is that I believe 
Sergio Perez wins. And I think my bold, sorry, my bold prediction is that Max Verstappen DNFs and Sergio Perez wins. That is my bold prediction. Interesting. Yes. Very, very interesting. Well, let's see what happens in six days from recording. Um, Thanks everyone for listening. If you want to follow us uh, from here on out, uh, feel free to like our Facebook page and follow us on Instagram at the JJF1 podcast. And we will see you for the next episode. See ya.